Tonight's scripture reading is from Proverbs chapter 1, verses 8 through 33. Uh, it's on page 296 in the Pew Bible. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible at home, or you know somebody who could use one, feel free to take one of these home as a gift from us. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace around your, neck, around your head, and a chain to adorn your neck. My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for innocent blood. Let's ambush some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Cast lots with us. We will all share the loot. My son, do not go along with them. Do not set foot on their paths, for their feet rush into evil. They are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net where every bird can see it. These men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make, you known, I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call, and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand. Since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I, I, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. Then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not accept my advice and spurn my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. The word of the Lord. All right, that sounds good. The Lord does what he wants. Let me pray for us, and maybe you can just like wave at me if it starts to work. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the book of Proverbs. Uh, thank you that things don't always go right, and that you give us wisdom to navigate them uh, when that happens. And so, Lord, I pray that you would give us your wisdom through the book of Proverbs uh, help us to know how to ri- walk the, the right path uh, to follow you. Uh, it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Uh, so we're in the book of Proverbs tonight, our, our second sermon in this series. If you missed last week, you can find that out on our website. Is there any way to go to the, uh, the sermon slides, Anne? Okay, good, thank you. Um, So I wanted to start today by talking about two paths and maybe an experience that we've all had where you took a wrong turn. 
Uh, maybe you can think of an experience where you took a wrong turn. Uh, and it seems like in our modern uh, environment, in our, our day and age, like you shouldn't, you shouldn't take wrong turns because we all have smartphones, right? And you, you pull up an address and you get the, the Google Maps or the Apple app Maps or the, the Waze and it tells you how to get there. But still, somehow, I still managed to like take a wrong turn, especially when it's like an exit off uh, off a highway, and then it's, it's like two, two options that are sort of going the same direction, and you're like, is it left or right? Is it left or right? And the, the map's just like, proceed. And you're like, I don't know which way. Uh, but usually, you know, it works out. Uh, I did once, I, I couldn't remember the exact situation. I think it was on I-90 where we missed a turn, and it ended up being like the next turn it's another 10 miles out. So it was like a 20-mile like, round trip to get back to where we were trying to go. And I, I don't know exactly how it worked out. But when you miss a turn, it can, cause, it can cost you significant time. It can cost you significant energy. Uh, it's just not a fun thing. Uh, now, today, I want to talk about our walk with God. Uh, and we can miss a turn with God. We can kind of God is heading this direction, and we begin to head a different direction. And I want to specifically talk today about two paths, one where we choose to follow and obey and know God, and the other one where we choose to reject and turn away from God. One leads to eternal life and and joy, and the other one leads to death. I'm hoping that by the end of today that we will all understand how to uh, proceed on the right path, how to, how to walk in relationship with God. And if we have been walking down the wrong path away from God, that we will then know how to change direction, to kind of retype in the, uh, the address into our GPS and get where we're trying to go, get where God wants us to go. Now, we're looking at the book of Proverbs chapter 1, and in uh, the first seven chapters of the book of Proverbs, we see the, the phrase, my son, over and over again, my son. See, my son is being presented with kind of two paths or two choices, just like we are tonight. Let's see if the slide will work for some reason. The slides aren't clicking, and so if you could go to the second one, that would be great. My son, here we see him presented with a choice. I've gone ahead and illustrated my son. Hopefully you can see him as a small uh, male-shaped icon. Uh, This is for those that just listen to the audio. You have to use your imagination to to see. Uh, But this, we have it on the screen here. Now, My son is the uh, opening phrase in verse 8. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction. But that doesn't mean that uh, the book of Proverbs is only written to young men or teenage boys. Uh, If you've ever read like the Hunger Games, you know that the Hunger Games is young adult fiction, but anyone can pick up a copy of the Hunger Games and read it. Well, Proverbs is written kind of with young men in mind, but it applies to anyone, anyone and everyone that wants to learn wisdom. And it's written from the perspective of an ideal father and an ideal mother. Uh, So it's not written from just any parents, it's written from kind of the best parents. Now usually it is the father who speaks. I've tried to illustrate this. Can you go to slide number three and 
Uh, usually it is the father who speaks, uh, but it's both the father and mother who are offering parental wisdom. And so we see this in verses 8 and 9. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. And so here we see wisdom coming from parents. And we're going to see that theme coming up over and over again through the book of Proverbs. And what does the father do throughout the book of Proverbs? He presents his son with two choices. He presents his son with two paths, the way of folly and the way of wisdom. Now, keep that in mind, this idea of two paths, this this framework of two choices, one wise, one foolish, a a wise path, a foolish path, because that sort of, uh, that choice is going to come up again over and over and over again through the book of Proverbs, and it's a helpful framework for keeping, uh, well, keeping in mind as you read the book of Proverbs. It it gives us a contrast, and we can see that uh, in other places where it offers us this choice or that choice. And it says, do the, the righteous thing, do the good thing, not the bad thing. We see this in Proverbs 28, verse 10. And can you switch to the next slide? Uh, Whoever leads the upright along an evil path will fall into their own trap, but the blameless will receive a good inheritance. So you see a contrast there, right? Uh, choose this, don't choose that. Walk this path, don't walk that path. And we see that over and over again through the Proverbs. Now, path number one, I want to break it down a little bit more. Okay, it's working now. Path number one is the way of the foolish. So we're going to be looking at this in verses 10 through 19. And the Father is saying to avoid path number one. Don't choose path number one. See, the way of the foolish is, a, is life lived against God and for oneself. Now, Proverbs unashamedly, unashamedly calls anyone that chooses to live life for themselves instead of God foolish, a fool. Well, we don't like to kind of be confronted with that sort of uh, uh, name calling in our culture. But if you are living a life where you're saying, I'm going to choose my way instead of God's way, then the Bible says, God says, then you are acting the fool. Now, the, you, you don't want this because where does the path of the foolish lead? It leads to eternal death. And we see throughout the book of Proverbs, the father is going to warn the son of different types of fools. And when we get later in the book of Proverbs, uh, it's the author is going to be warning us about different types of fools. But in today's passage, we see the father warning about one specific type of fool, the type who is willing to take advantage of others for their own gain. So uh, I'm reading verses 10, 11, 15 to 16, and 18 through 19. He says, My son, if sinful men entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, Come along with us, let's lie wait and wait for innocent blood, let's ambush some harmless soul. Verse 15, My son, do not go along with them, do not set foot on their paths, for their feet uh, rush into evil, they are swift to shed blood. Verse 18, these men lie in wait for their own blood. They ambush only themselves. Such are the paths of all who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the life of those who get it. So here's the, uh, the point that our proverb is trying to make. Our proverb is trying to say, don't take advantage of others and avoid those who do. 
Don't take advantage of others and avoid those who do. See, those who do are sinful men. They're evil men. They're not just, they're not just people that mess up. They're, they're choosing wickedness. And in the short term, well, it might work out. It might turn out okay. You're actually gonna, you're gonna increase in wealth and, and power. But in the long term, it's harmful. It's self-destructive. And anyone who joins someone like this is also going to receive some of their destruction, is going to participate in uh, self-harm in the end. Now, in Proverbs chapter 1, the, the father, kind of in their, in their culture, is warning his son not to join a gang, <laughs> right? They're lying in wait beside a pathway. And now most of us are never going to be invited to join the Crips or the Bloods or the Jets or the Sharks. Uh, I hope not. That was a Broadway reference. Uh, you guys didn't get that. Uh, but we do regularly encounter a way of thinking that says, put me and my own first, right? Like put me, whatever group you are in, my, my group of friends, the people that look and talk and act like me, put them first. Maybe it's my family. Maybe it's my, my, my group of uh, close friends. Maybe it's my church or maybe it's my political group or whatever it is, my street. Put me first and often that comes at the expense of others. Maybe you've experienced this in your personal life where you've been tempted, tempted to put me in my own first. Maybe your friend has told you to steal candy or toys or an outfit from a store because it will be awesome. Well, that is the way of the fool. Has your classmate ever told you to copy their homework or asked if they could copy yours even though it's not going to help you learn and it's not going to help them learn? Well, that is the way of the fool. Has your college buddy ever encouraged you to take advantage of that guy or girl because they like you? Well, that is the way of the fool. Have you ever been tempted to sell a car or lawnmower on Craigslist or Facebook uh, and not inform the buyer of all the problems with the lawnmower or car? Well, that is the way of the fool. On your front line, has your supervisor or boss or coworker ever told you to cover up a mistake at the expense of your customer or client? That is the way of the fool. See, Proverbs is here to guide us like a GPS that's not going to lead us wrong. It's going to lead us away from the way of the fool. It's going to lead us down a different path. See, we don't have to make this wrong turn. But what's the alternative? What's the, what's the positive way? Well, Proverbs chapter 2 actually tells us about another path. So we're looking ahead to Proverbs chapter 2, and I'm going to pull it up on the screen for you. I'm messing it up. 2, verse 12 and 13. All right, here we go. Uh, Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways. And so what's the alternative? The alternative is wisdom. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways. 
God invites us to walk in the way of wisdom. And now since we have the video ready, I think this is a good place to go ahead and play it because it's going to give us an overview of the book of Proverbs. There are three books in the Bible that have come to be called the wisdom literature, <laughs> Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. And all of these books are addressing the same set of questions. What kind of world are we living in? And what does it look like to live well in this world? So how to be good at life. Yeah. So each of these books tackles these questions from a unique perspective, and it's important to understand all of them to get a fully biblical perspective on the good life. So as a thought experiment, you could actually imagine each of these books as a person. So Proverbs would be like this brilliant young teacher, and Ecclesiastes the sharp middle-aged critic, and Job would be this weathered old man who's seen a lot in his day. We're going to start by meeting the book of Proverbs, the brilliant young teacher. And she's not just smart, she's smart about everything. Work, relationships, sex, spirituality. She has incredible insights, things you wouldn't see on your own. Yeah, she would be the perfect friend to have around when you need really specific advice. So what makes her so smart? Well, Proverbs can see things that most people don't see. She believes that there's an invisible creative force in the universe that can guide people in how they should live. And you can't see it, just like you can't see gravity, but it affects everything that we do. So what's this force? Well, in Hebrew, it's called chokhmah, and it usually gets translated into English as wisdom. It's an attribute of God that God used to create the world. And chokhmah has been woven into the fabric of things and how they work. So wherever people are making good or just or wise decisions, they're tapping into chokhmah. And whenever someone's making a bad decision, they're working against chokhmah. Right, or as it says in Proverbs chapter 1, the waywardness of fools will destroy them, but the one who listens to wisdom lives in security. So it's like a moral law of the universe. Yeah, it's a cause-effect pattern, and no one can escape it. And Proverbs personifies all of this as a woman. Yeah, Lady Wisdom. Right, and she roams around the earth calling out, making herself available to anyone who's willing to listen to her and to learn. Which leads to the second thing Proverbs believes, that anyone can access and interact with wisdom and use it to make a beautiful life for yourself or for others. You can create with it like a designer. Yes, in fact, chokhmah in Hebrew isn't simply intellectual knowledge. The word is also used to describe a skilled artisan who excels at their craft, like woodworking or stonemasonry. So you show you possess chokhmah when you put it to work and develop the skill of making a good life. Okay, that makes sense. So let's do this. Let's go find some wisdom. But before you do, Proverbs has one more really important thing to consider. Chokhmah isn't some impersonal force. It's an attribute of God himself. And so in Hebrew thought, your journey to becoming wise has to begin with what Proverbs calls the fear of the Lord. It's this healthy respect for God's definition of good and evil. And true wisdom means learning those boundary lines and not crossing them. Now, all those ideas you just unpacked are in chapters 1 through 9 in Proverbs. But when I think of the book of Proverbs, I think of the collection of sayings, the Proverbs themselves. Tell me about those. Yeah, those are what you find in chapters 10 on to the end of the book. It's a collection of hundreds and hundreds of Proverbs about any and all aspects of life. And chokhmah gets applied to them, resulting in this wise guidance to help you find a path towards success and no matter what you do. If I design my life with these sayings, life is going to be good. Yeah, or as Proverbs puts it, it'll give health to your bones, prosperity, a long, rich life. Which is a really big claim. But you can see how it's often the case. 
Wise people, they tend to do better. Things usually work out well for them in life. And so that is the promise and the wisdom of the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is really beautiful, but if we take a step back, some people would argue it's a little too simplistic because sometimes horrible things happen to really wise people and sometimes foolish people get rewarded. It doesn't always work the way we think it should work. That's right, which is why we need to go and listen to our next wise friend, Ecclesiastes the Critic, because he's wrestled with that very problem and he's going to push us further in our journey to find the good life. Hey, you guys. All right. We're going to just be in Proverbs this summer, but if you want to know more about Ecclesiastes and Job, I encourage you to watch the next two Bible Project videos because uh, I think they're helpful for understanding uh, the book of Proverbs. So God has invited us into a different path, the way of wisdom. And I want to begin to introduce this path a little bit more to us this week. Path number two is the way of the wise. Now, last week I defined chokmah as the skill of living, the skill of living. But it's not just living anyway, it's living for God. It's living in a, a way that obeys him and, and his commandments and his way that he has designed life. It's a, it's a way of living that seeks to honor God in every aspect of life. Now, we can do this by uh, first believing in God. Uh, there, it says that you're a fool if you do not believe in God. And so that's where uh, the fear of the Lord comes in. The, see, the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We respect God by obeying him, by having a relationship with him. These are all part of wisdom. This is all part of the fear of the Lord. Now, in the book of Proverbs, we're encountering in the first part this lengthy conversation between a father, and uh, he's, he's instructing his son. He's giving his son wisdom. Now, if you had to have a long conversation with your teenage son, and you wanted to hold your teenage son's attention on the topic of wisdom, maybe you would personify wisdom. Maybe you would describe wisdom as a courageous, smart, and engaging woman just to help hold your teenage boy's interest. Son, have I got just the girl for you? Her name is Wisdom, and she is hot. That's what we see in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs verses uh, 20 through 21 of chapter 1 out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Now, this girl is completely different from the wicked we just encountered, the, the wicked that we just heard about, that lie in wait. She is not hiding. She is not seeking to ambush anyone. She is out in the open, bravely calling out. She's in the public square. The ESV translates this markets. She is in the marketplace. She is in the open plaza uh, where business and government and news happen. That's where wisdom is. See, wisdom offers her counsel, her, her pathway to everyone in every part of life. And that's why we can say that wisdom is for our everyday life. It's for every part of our whole life. Now, the, the foolish... 
They'd take advantage of others, right? That was the example that we encountered a couple verses earlier where the, the foolish were lying in wait trying to, uh, to achieve gain at the expense of others. So if that's path number one, we would, we would expect to see that in path number two, there's an alternative, right? There's someone who is out in the open who is seeking to do things God's way instead of a hidden way. And so we see that with Lady Wisdom, with this, this woman who is out in the open. And I actually wanted to play another short clip, a two-minute clip, and it's highlighting a real company that is seeking to walk in the way of wisdom. They have an opportunity to kind of take advantage of others, to do things in secret, and instead they're, they're trying to do things differently. And I'm, I'm sharing this video not because that's your job, but maybe it'll spark some insight into where God is calling you to have wisdom in your own life. So we can go ahead and play the video. There are other businesses or apps that are in our space where one of the ways that they earn money is by selling the data of their users. But I think for us, we've always felt like people's data is it's personal, it's their data. Um, we hold it in order to serve them, in order to provide the service for them, organize it in a certain way, help them visualize it in a certain way. Um, but at the core, it's not ours for our sake. Uh, we do use it in aggregate in order to make our product better, um, but not this sense of um, profiting off other people's data. If I think too hard about some other company kind of using my information in order to earn money for their gain, it makes me really uncomfortable. And I would imagine that that's, that happens for our customers as well. In particular with financial data, I think we, we know, and as we continue to work in this space, um, have come to understand more deeply how personal people feel it is. Um, we don't even have things like people's um, bank account passwords or usernames or that kind of stuff that, that really is very, people rightly feel like is a critical kind of security thing in their families. Um, but even the kind of information that we do have, people feel very sensitive about it. And I think it's important to pay attention to that, um, that it's theirs and it's not ours. I just thought that was a really cool brief clip of someone seeking to walk this other path, the way of the wise, uh, and how different that is from the way of the foolish. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's completely, can you go back one slide? Or I guess that would be the video. So we'll, we'll jump into this next part. But I want to talk about uh, who Lady Wisdom is. Uh, but before I do that, um, I want to challenge us to think in our own lives. So this was the context that we saw in this video uh, of uh, one individual's life where she is trying to put wisdom into, uh, into practice. And so I want you to think about your own life. What's one area this week that you can walk the, the path of wisdom? What area might God be calling you to, to um, uh, not take advantage of others or to bless others or to just uh, any way that you can choose uh, God's path that he might bring to mind through the Holy Spirit. So just be open to that this week. Be looking for it in, in your context, whatever that is. Uh, now, Lady Wisdom uh, stands in the public square. and She invites uh, us into relationship with her. And I think that's actually a lot like God. And I think that 
that the book of Proverbs, although it's not perhaps as explicitly pointing to that messianic figure, that Christ figure, there is a part in it that we will get to it, that it's still modeling uh, a story where God is inviting people into relationship with himself. And that, that all comes down to how you understand wisdom itself. See, I believe that wisdom is a personification or metaphor of God. So if you could go to that next slide, that would be great. Wisdom uh, is a metaphor, a figure of speech, a word picture. Wisdom is a picture of God himself entering into our world to bring us closer to him. So we see this in the next couple verses uh, where wisdom actually calls us to repent for not listening to her. Why would we have to repent for disobeying wisdom unless perhaps wisdom is modeling God himself? So Proverbs 1 verses 22 through 23 say, How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. See, I think wisdom is the ideal girl that any parent would want their son to marry. But wisdom is also a picture of God. Wisdom can be two things at once because this is actually poetry. This is not a neat diagram, even though I've tried to map it out just to help us think it through. Wisdom uh, in the book of Proverbs is, is cast in these poetic terms. And so it can do lots of different things. But here we find that wisdom is a metaphor or an image of God. Now, hear me carefully. This doesn't mean that wisdom is God. This, is, this means that wisdom is a characteristic or attribute of God. The Bible Project video talked about that, that wisdom is an attribute of God. Now, some people have taken the Greek word for, for wisdom, it's the Greek word Sophia, and said Sophia is God. Maybe this is new to you, maybe you've heard about this, uh, but people have actually begun to worship and sing to and praise Sophia, the goddess, the fourth person of the Trinity. Now, that is heresy. That's not true. That's a lie. Uh, God is neither male nor female. Uh, The Bible uses both feminine and masculine imagery to describe God. And wisdom is a symbolic image of who God is and us being called to be in relationship with him through understanding and accepting what he has to offer wisdom itself. Now, uh, this is serious. Because this means that if you then reject wisdom, that you're actually rejecting God himself. That the way of the fool, the the foolish path is a way that leads to destruction. And we see this, uh, this coming destruction in verses 24 through 26. Verse 24, but since you refuse to listen when I call and pay no attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Uh, That seems kind of cruel, doesn't it? That wisdom would laugh. But this isn't cruel laughter. This is the laughter of, of, of victory, of goodness defeating evil. This is the laughter of a, a, a child finding a safe and loving forever home. This is the laughter of an office Christmas party uh, celebrating a record year 
because they did it right. They served their customer and they, they did uh, a good job and they served their employees and they served their community well and they chose not to take the easy road to gain. This is the laughter of an innocent person being declared not guilty at their trial. It's the laughter of the allied soldiers defeating Hitler and coming home to be with their families. It's the laughter of goodness defeating wickedness. Wisdom and goodness will overthrow sin, and it will be good. Now, Jesus taught that there are two paths to God, one leading to life and the other leading to death and away from God. And we see this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. So if you want to enter into eternal life, you need to find the right path. You need to find the right road. And Jesus tells us where we can find it. We have to enter into relationship with wisdom by entering into relationship with God. And God has revealed himself. How? Through Christ Jesus. And so through a relationship with Christ Jesus, we can begin to have wisdom. We can begin to be in relationship with God himself. But here's the thing. None of us, on our best of days, can walk that path of wisdom rightly. We're all going to slip and stumble and step off that path into foolishness. It's because of sin. It's because of our broken and fallen human natures. And so we need a Savior, don't we? But we have a Savior that God has provided. We have the perfect Son. We have my Son that, that God sent into this world, Christ Jesus, to walk perfectly obedient, uh, perfectly obedient throughout his entire life. So if we pause and think about Christ, he is the son who listened to his father every day, every moment. And by that obedience, he won our salvation. He was the, imperf- he was the perfect embodiment of God's wisdom. And we're going to actually read about that more in the book of Proverbs in chapter 8. Now, if you repent of your sins and believe in him, the perfect son, so if you, you say, I'm sorry, I, I, I've lived a foolish life, and you put your faith in Christ, God will grant you eternal life. And when God counts up your life, he'll count up Christ's wise record instead of your foolish record. And that's what matters the most. Listen to the last words in Proverbs chapter 1. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. See, God himself is a refuge. God himself is is a place that you can become safe. How do you receive that? By putting your faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And no one can take you out of God's hands. God is that ultimate refuge. No one can steal you from him, not even yourself. So, The final question is, which path will you choose? Path number one, the way of the foolish, the way of living for yourself, the way that leads to death, or path number two, the way of the wise, the way that leads to Christ Jesus and to repentance of sin and faith in him, but it leads to goodness and grace. God invites us into a relationship with him. He invites us into a relationship with wisdom, with his son, Christ Jesus. I hope you'll choose the right path. I hope you'll choose Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. 
Thank you for the book of Proverbs and that it challenges us to, to walk towards you, not away from you, but towards you. Would you grant us wisdom? Would you uh, help us to be in a relationship with wisdom, with, with you? Have that fear of the Lord in each one of our hearts. God, this is a gift. This isn't something we can just take. This is something that we need you to give us, and you give it to us through your word, through your church, through your people. Lord, please grant this church, bless this church family with just deep and abiding wisdom. And I pray for each one of us as we go about our lives this week that as we encounter those unexpected moments, those hiccups, those things when, when times go wrong, when, when, when we encounter things that we're not expecting, that you would grant each one of us wisdom. Would you recall to mind the things that we learned here today and help each one of us to choose the right path, the path that leads towards Christ Jesus and the path that Christ Jesus himself walked. Thank you that he walked that path perfectly all the way to Calvary and by his death won us eternal life. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.